0: Good morning loves and welcome to the self-healing podcast, a podcast helping you thrive through your healing journey. I am Loe and I'm your guide through this journey. Follow me on Instagram on L-L-A-L-A-L-O-E to get daily affirmations, meditations, DIYs, body positivity and so much more. Today's episode is a listener's question. Hello, good morning friends. My name is Deepen Singh. I need a guide on how to love yourself. I have multiple reasons for have
1: lost attachment of my body. Can you please suggest me? I hear it's
0: calling again Good morning friend! Thank you so much for being here, for asking your question and for trusting me with this matter. And rest assured that the norm today is to feel exactly as you do. If there is anything we need to get back in touch with in this world, it is our self-love. Because loving ourselves is the beginning of understanding, loving, healing and helping not only ourselves, but also everyone around us as well as the earth. I am really excited to make this episode. Let's do this! Today's episode is a guide on how to get back to our normal state of self-love. The most important part is always to have the will to change your life for the better, daring to take a leap of faith and to do things out of your comfort zone and being determined to do the work. And just sending your question to this podcast with name and voice message is definitely confidence enough to get you where you want to go. I very much believe in you and your capacity to see this through and create a better self-image and life for yourself. You've got this. There are a number of things to do. Multiple ends you can start from in this mess of a yarn ball that is trying to love ourselves in the 21st century. And frankly, you can start anywhere and still get the same results in about the same time Increasing your self-love and life quality steadily as you practice more and more of these things So it is more important to include all of the things Than in which end you start your journey towards self-love Or in which order you practice them Keep that in mind as we move forward Tune in with yourself and choose where you would like to start. Now, the path that I would personally suggest is as follows, as this path is pretty much guaranteed to not derail you, but rather support you on your path. But know before we start that the order I suggest is doing the heavy work right away head-on, which can be
1: overwhelming to say the least. This episode will be part one out of two on how to start
0: loving yourself. Part one will include all of the heavy work and part two will include the lighter work. So if you want to do only the lighter work, skip ahead to next week's episode. And if you are here for the hard and head on,
1: diving into the unknown, ready for growth work, welcome. If part one
0: feels overwhelming, start with one of the later things and move towards the heavier
1: parts as you feel more and more called to excel in your self-love practice. Here we go! 1. How we talk to and about ourselves. We need to map out our internal behaviors regarding
0: our inner dialogue. I will now ask some important questions and you will tune in with yourself and answer them for yourself to better understand your relationship with yourself because that is the root to how you are feeling about yourself. How are you speaking inside your head?
1: Is your inner narrator inherently positive or negative? You might feel prone to saying realistic.
0: I am sorry to say so, but in this case, this is not an answer you can choose to answer this question successfully. You have to choose either pessimistic or optimistic. And you may wonder why. What we tell ourselves is realistic and realism is a bunch of recorded sequences from our own life and other people's lives that we have stored as our own perception of reality. And so far, this sounds good and logical, right? It's just that at the beginning of our lives, our brains store sequences that are neutral, both good and bad. For learning purposes. But as we grow up and are exposed to criticism and judgment, the sequences the brain chooses to store are for the most part negative experiences and teachings to avoid further exposure to criticism and judgment, making our perception of reality, rather than neutral or realistic, more and more fear-based. Our reality and what is realistic is way more subjective than objective As we can change our perception of reality by just doing a bit of inner work and getting a mindset shift If you have never thought of these things before Or in this much detail The concept of what reality really is might feel very big and complicated But as you open up to exploring this part of yourself, it will make a whole lot of sense. If you have an inner dialogue, that is, not all people do. So I'll ask you again, is your inner
1: narrator inherently positive or negative? Keep in mind that you as a being can be inherently positive but still have an inherently negative narrating voice. Do you have your answer? Good. Now to an even bigger question. How do you speak about yourself in your own mind? And how do you speak about yourself in front of others? Doing this exercise, almost four years ago, I
0: realized that my inner narrator is pretty neutral, slightly negative, can shift fast from positive to negative and is very fear-based but hopeful. That I, as a being, am inherently positive and optimistic. That my inner dialogue about myself and how I talk to myself is very toxic, negative and quite frankly bullying from time to time which is very much tied to how much I am validated, understood and shown love by others. Or when it is bad, not being validated, understood or shown love by others. And that I am constantly putting myself down in front of others. Before doing this exercise, I never ever thought about this. I had never faced that my inner dialogue with myself was toxic, or that I constantly downplayed my talents, achievements, and just myself in general, or what that said about my self esteem. And this realization is exactly what is needed to make the change
1: where change is needed the most. So the deeper you dare to examine your inner dialogue, the better it is. Note that the mind is a recorder
0: and it is very likely that your narrator shifts voice depending on your mood. For example, when you feel scared and act from a place of fear, you might narrate in one voice. This voice is very likely tied to your deepest trauma and the voice you hear is probably the voice of the person that hurt you. This for me was my reading teacher before working through the trauma When you are criticized, you might hear another voice This is most likely the person you have been criticized by the most times For me, it's my mother And side note, when I am feeling indifference, I hear my father's sighs Now, these two happens because of trauma, but it is very likely that you do this with good feelings as well. For example, when you are angry, you might use the voice of someone you find strong and resilient to narrate internally. Many calls this channeling their power person. And it can be whoever, your sister, Superman, an actor from some movie, and yes, Anger is technically a good feeling, because anger is born out of self-love. It is when we stay angry for too long that it becomes harmful for our bodies. But that is for another episode. And when you feel happy, it is very likely that you once again narrate in your own voice. There are so many more examples, but let's stop here for now. The more talented you are at learning accents and languages and the more emotionally and socially intelligent you are, the more likely you are to borrow other people's accents, voices, choice of words and so on every now and then. Channeling our power people is a great thing that can help us in a lot of situations. However, the bad feelings hold on to your recorded segments tightly and can even replay them over and over saying things like you are not good enough, you are not good enough, you are not good enough. And it is not until we get aware of these recorded segments and find ourselves replaying them over and over and over when we for example get scared or criticized. That we realize that this is actually a thing. A toxic thing that we are actively doing to ourselves and can stop doing whenever we want. Most people go through their entire lives hearing their parents or grandparents or teachers' voices telling them that they are unworthy, selfish, not disciplined, smart or successful enough. So today... Now that you are aware of this, you can make a change.
1: Yes, your mind is a recorder. But darling, none of what they said was true.
0: These are words thrown at you in anger, in defense, in worry, in shame that was intended to be directed at themselves, but that was instead directed at you. And even more than that, remember that their subjective truth is not some universal objective truth and you do not have to accept unwanted criticism or judgment. Their words and their feelings about you is not your responsibility and you don't owe anyone being anything. So you have full permission to let their words and judgments go to let your attachment to them and all the words thrown at you that your brain is replaying when it gets scared slip off of you so that you can stand strong in knowing that you are always worthy, wonderful, magical, amazing, smart, talented and important for this world no matter if they choose to see that or not. You are And you know you are. Take a deep breath. (sighs) And feel how rooted you are in this knowing. How your entire mind, body and soul welcomes this knowing. As it has known it all along. This
1: is the base we will start building from today Well done We are all born in self-love with confidence and with complete
0: trust in ourselves Just because that was stripped away and because you were conditioned by society and the people around you which altered how you perceived your reality and how you spoke to yourself it doesn't mean that your neutral, present, clear, loving state is gone
1: Self-love is all about reclaiming it The takeaway is observe
0: your inner dialogue and take notion of when you are speaking poorly of yourself or excusing your negative and fear-based thought patterns as being realistic Observe if you are using any recorded voices in your inner dialogue and if they are related to trauma or uncomfortable feelings tell these people in your mind that they have no power over you and can frankly fuck off. Being so frank with your boundaries and setting them firmly for yourself inside your own mind these recorded segments will play more and more seldom until they finally disappear. And when they do, you know that you have healed them. And remember that your natural state, your birthright, is self-love, confidence and
1: fully trusting yourself. Now that we are aware of all this, it is
0: time to change our inner dialogue, changing how we talk about
1: ourselves. And that often starts with changing how we talk about others. To do this, you first of
0: all need to know that everything we think of others and see in others is the reflection of ourselves. And judging others or putting others down, we are technically judging the parts of ourselves that we don't like, that we are now seeing in this person. This is making us feel triggered about that insecurity wound that we carry. This is also the reason we might feel so triggered by people who act confidently, even though they have the same attributes that we ourselves have and see as a flaw. Their confidence is shining a light on our insecurity. And shining a light on exactly where we have insecurity wounds. So instead of choosing to face that discomfort, healing our insecurity and choosing to grow, we judge. Because that is easier.
1: And that is how all judgment starts. Know that your mind is not seeing people, it is seeing mirrors. Use
0: this to heal your own perception of yourself. The root of the problem is the limitations you have put on yourself. The things you have been taught are flaws that you have accepted as flawed because someone said so, that technically judged it because they were insecure of that part of themselves and it had nothing to do with you really, and on and on and on. What you need is to feel allowed to just be. So use every moment in which you judge someone as a way of showing yourself that whatever you are judging is okay to have and to be confident in having. If you see something you find annoying, ugly or whatever it is that makes you judge, let yourself think the thought and then correct yourself out loud or in your head saying slash thinking. Let's correct that. This person gets to be as annoying as they like. Or let's correct that. Just because I think these shoes are ugly does not mean that they are. And this person gets to have exactly what shoes they like no matter what I feel about it. Or let's correct that. I am actively unjudging this person. This sends a message to yourself that everyone is allowed to be as they are, like what they like and choose what they choose, without being judged for it, and that includes you. Saying the whole let's correct that statement out loud among friends or among family might even bring the people around you closer to you. And bring the people close to you, with you on your journey
1: towards self-love. And sharing this journey is a beautiful thing. When you are ready, start practicing it with yourself in your own mind as well.
0: If you are putting yourself down for, let's say, resting, think the thought... And then replace the thought with, let's correct that, I am fully allowed to rest and rest is something productive, so I am taking my judgment back. Or let's say you don't find yourself handsome seeing yourself in the mirror this morning. Correct it with, actually, I am handsome, even when I don't see it. And frankly, I don't have to be handsome, I can just be. And I am equally as worthy just being me. Doing this, your perception of yourself will start changing
1: faster and faster, increasing your self-love for each time you do it. This was a heavy area to start with, yeah, I know. Here comes another heavy area. 2. Being naked This is a heavy thing enough to get its own episode, that will be aired after
0: part 1 and 2 of this self-love series.
1: Why is being naked so important? Our perception of ourselves is
0: tied to how much we see our own body, in comparison to how much we see of other people's bodies. Take a minute to reflect on this. If you compare how often you look at yourself in the nude, or basically nude, to how often you look at others in the nude,
1: or basically nude, you will probably find a glitch. Spending our time seeing more bodies on
0: Instagram and TikTok, on ads, in games or in porn than seeing our own Will in no time create a detachment from our own bodies A lower appreciation for our bodies, higher levels of anxiety and comparison Because what we look at becomes normalized no matter how unnatural what we are seeing might be Examples of this is how used young people are to the looks of plastic surgery, makeup filters, or butt pads. Back when I was in my early teens, we thought something was wrong with our boobs for not having over boob lines, as we were so used to seeing people with an insane amount of push up that we thought that the looks of push up boobs were how boobs were naturally supposed to look. Our mirror neurons are very good at picking up on how our tribe or the people around us looks and acts. And then we start looking and acting accordingly. Which is very important to be aware of as that in today's technological society can become a disadvantage for us and lead to bad mental health, a negative perception of the self and of our bodies. Does our savannah brain know the difference between a screen or real life? No, it doesn't. Everything we see with our own eyes, we believe. Which can be quite detrimental for our mental health. Especially in an age where AI is growing and taking over our social media more and more. But knowing this, you can make the whole difference by reminding yourself of this actively every time you think that the world is full of Kardashians or people looking like models. The truth is that they don't. Not even the Kardashians look like the Kardashians in real life. And the pumped up muscular guys that you may aspire to look like don't even look like that in real life either. It's filters, lighting and a whole lot of flexing. In fact, people rate themselves way lower on a scale of attractiveness today than people did in the fifties or eighties due to how social media has altered our perception of what a person naturally looks like. Completely out of proportion. Today, more than ever, it is crucial that we get to see naked, unfiltered, natural bodies in all shapes and sizes to restore our self-perception. Well, those were the bad news. The good news is that the more time we spend seeing our own bodies naked, the more we will love them, appreciate them and find them beautiful. Spending time naked is being in your most natural form and it is the quickest way to achieve self-love. Let me repeat that. It might feel uncomfortable, but being naked is the quickest way to achieving self-love and getting back to your natural state of loving yourself. Now, let's get into why we so rarely see naked people anymore and why it might feel so uncomfortable to be naked today Even though it is a natural thing Well, first of all, the colder the country, the less you will see people's bodies People's perception of themselves is tied to seeing others that reassembles them in size, shape and form which is why people have better self-esteem in the summer As that is when we get to see that old people have cellulite, scars, body hair and so on This is part of why people in colder countries, for example in Scandinavia rank their self-esteem as very low during the rest of the year We need to see other people's bodies to feel good about our own Then there is religion no matter what you think of traditional religion yourself, or what faith you have, it is a statistical fact that traditional religions tend to ban things that are natural to human beings. A very effective tool to get people to listen and behave as the faith tells them to, without questioning. This is also why people in nature religions, or in freer religions, suffer less from mental health issues. Being naked is such a thing. Being naked around others is crucial for forming our perception, and it is likely that you look back at moments in the locker room as moments in which you created your perception of how a body should look. If we take a look at the norm for boys and men around the world, their first encounter with the naked female body is through porn. Taking a look at the norm for girls and women around the world, their first encounter with a naked male body is through rom-coms, telenovelas and TV shows. And the statistics for non-binary, agender, intersex or trans people are pretty much non-existent. Sadly. The first encounter we have today in the 21st century Not only with the naked bodies of our own gender, but also of other genders, are very unnatural and constructed. Which is bad, both for our self-perception, mental health and self-love. Because we need to see representation of what all body types look like, of all and every gender, of all ages and in all of the stages. This is actually really important for our development. We need to see bodies of every age, in every season of life. And this is actually part of why it is so important to be naked to be able to feel self-love. Because what we don't see, we attach shame to. So if we don't see our bodies or see other people's bodies, we will start attaching shame to our body and other people's bodies, even if there is literally no shame there. And we will, of course, talk more about this in the coming Why Being Naked Is So Important episode. Look back at our Savannah days. Seeing naked people around us all the time was the norm. We knew what human bodies looked like throughout our entire lives. We knew what a penis was and what a vagina looked like. And those body parts were just that, body parts. Sex was divided from being naked, and there was no shame in either, but they were definitely not the same thing. We knew what pregnancy was, because we had seen it. We knew what puberty was, because we had seen it. We knew what menstruation was, because we had seen it. And we knew how a body aged, because all of these things are part of being human. None of these things were shameful or weird. Compare that to today, where girls cry when getting their first period because they think that they are going to die and the boys make fun of it as no one from an early age has taught them what this is and why it happens. If people from back then saw us today, they would literally wonder how we are so uneducated in the most basic things. Compare that to how we freak out when we mess up our eyeliner wing because people might think that we are bad at doing our makeup and look ugly. Or how we freak out thinking that we don't look masculine enough as we grew up with plastic superheroes on steroids. Oh, what a world we live in. It makes a whole lot of sense that we feel so lost today, comparing today's society with what conditions our bodies were made for living in. If we don't see naked bodies of any and every gender, and in every stage and age, we create fantasy images of what natural bodies look like, or trust our first encounter with naked bodies, as the one and only truth of how a body is supposed to look. Again, very bad for our mental health and deceiving for our self-perception, as it gives us a very narrow perception of what a natural body is or how we are allowed to look throughout the different seasons in our life. For example, this is a massive contributor to ageism. Now, let's add traditional religion's values about purity and sex. If you grew up with traditional religion close to you, it is very likely that you have been conditioned into thinking that being naked equals being impure and that nakedness is correlated with sex. As traditional religions condemn sex before marriage and even self-pleasure, it is likely that you have very mixed feelings towards your body and feel bad when you are not covering it due to this thought correlation. And this is also a massive reason for traditional religious countries and households having more mental health issues, problem with self-image and also sexual issues in their relationships Remember that your body is not dirty, it is not impure and it is not something shameful Ever Your body while being naked is not dirty, it is not impure and it is not something shameful Ever. Your body, naked or clothed Is just that, a body And being naked is not correlated to sex Do animals need to put on clothes to not have sex?
1: Yeah, no, exactly I hope this clears some of the confusion caused by conditioning A confused and conditioned mind when the conditioning has to do with shame, has
0: a very hard time feeling love for oneself as it is raised into being addicted to getting validation from others in that they are doing things right. And if the terms of what right and wrong is, are complicated and hypocritical, it is very hard to keep loving
1: yourself. Which is tied to why religious people to such an extent practice conditional love And this is also a topic that deserves its own episode.
0: Conditional love occurs when you have been taught that you are only worthy of love under certain conditions and that if you are not living up to the expectations, the love of those around you will be taken away. In this way of perceiving love, love becomes something transactional. And the people practicing conditional love are not only showing conditional love for themselves, but also for their families and their children. Let me be very clear on this, because you might need to hear it. Conditional love is abusive love. And if your love is in fact conditional, you don't love the person, you love what they can do for you,
1: You love the transaction, not the person. Having been loved conditionally or semi-conditionally,
0: it is very hard to get back to feeling actual love. But as our natural state is actual, unconditional love, we can and we will get there. Breaking the generational trauma that was inflicted on us and doing better for ourselves and the ones after us. If there is anything my previously religious friends and currently religious friends struggle with now during their 20s, it is this. Learning how to love unconditionally again. Especially before having children of their own to not condition their own kids. I was in brief contact with religion for five years, which was my first time meeting both love-bombing and conditional love. Even if I was involved with it for such a short amount of time, in comparison to someone who, for example, grew up in it. I still personally have some healing to do here. So no matter how brief your contact with conditional love has been, if you have been in contact with it, remember that your experience is still valid and if you absorbed anything of this conditioning, those parts of you may need to be healed to fully
1: feeling love for yourself in all of your forms, seasons, and stages. The best thing you can do here, and you may feel very reluctant to it at
0: first, but it is very common and freeing advice that can really excel your healing, is to seek the hypocrisy in your mind and that has been taught to you and then find your own truth. Telling your truth back to yourself once you find yourself repeating a conditioned statement or response. If your mind is saying, for example, you are dirty, put on some clothes. Respond with, I know that I am not. I choose my truth and I choose to be naked. Being naked actually feels good. It's a type of call and response that really helps you heal your conditioning. Try it out and you'll see. Whenever you find a glitch or something bothering you, ask yourself what does my savannah brain and body that I had 5000 years ago before technology, ideals and even religion as we see it today came along? Think about how I am living. Are my behaviors natural and in tune with what my natural savannah body needs and wants? If not, remember that we have barely evolved in the last 5000 years. So things that would be unnatural for the human race then are equally as unnatural now And are probably decreasing your mental health and physical health
1: Use this technique often. Trust me, it works A third reason to rarely see naked people
0: and feel uncomfortable with being naked is being American This is mostly a joke, but the rest of the world, especially Europe, is quite confused as to why Americans find naked bodies more threatening than guns. Shout out to Americans making up almost 30% of the listeners this year. It is clear that Americans want change, and I applaud you for it. So if you are still here and happen to be American, listening and actually embracing yourself in your birth form, A.K.A. naked. Good on you! The best thing we can do for a better world is to be the change we want to see. Okay, so if we feel deeply uncomfortable with being naked, what can we do that does not have to do with mindsets to feel more comfortable with being naked? To practice feeling self-love. 1. Self-soothe, self-soothe, self-soothe. If you want to learn more about how to self-soothe, listen to episode 62, Easy Ways to Regulate Your Nervous System. Self-soothing is important because it teaches your nervous system that being naked is not dangerous or shameful. It simply is. And it is something
1: natural. Two. Do things while being naked. This is a great one.
0: Unload the dishwasher, dance or meditate while being naked and soon you will forget that you are actually naked and feel comfortable in just being Which is technically soothing your nervous system as well A common quote that is actually one of my favorites is Dance naked for 30 days and then tell me that you don't feel self-love
1: I have never in my life heard something more true Put on world music or music
0: with the drums. Let your body move intuitively to the rhythms. And once you get into it and let go of any expectations on how you should dance or what looks good, you will feel pretty reborn, ecstatic and fully tuned in with your natural unconditional self-love for a moment. The more often you do it, the more amazing, natural and empowering it feels. Doing what your ancestors did and dancing naked to the drums is literally the essence of human life. And you will also find that you feel way more beautiful, worthy and alive while just being than you do while acting, flexing and trying to look good or move in a socially accepted way. Your
1: priorities will change and you will undergo a shift of perception, helping you grow. If none of the previously mentioned resonates with you, try naked yoga. Or if you like working out, try working out while being naked. Or go watch the series three allow ourselves to feel pleasure while naked this is also
0: rewiring your brain and nervous system humans crave touch and most of all the touch of ourselves And you might jump to the conclusion that that is sexual touch, and it might be. But even more so, it is gentle, loving, caring touch that we crave. Washing ourselves, brushing our hair, soothing ourselves by rubbing our thighs or hands. That is the touch we most of all need. And giving ourselves this type of touch, we get an increase of oxytocin, which is one of our feel-good hormones and bonding hormones. When we caress ourselves, massage ourselves and so on, we are bonding with ourselves, making us feel less scared and more secure in our bodies, increasing our level of self-love. Okay, so those are the two first massive things to start with, to find your way back to self-love. Learning how we talk to and about ourselves and taking action in changing your mind space into a more calm, friendly, loving and positive space. Basically creating an inner environment for yourself where you have room to grow. And learning why being naked is so important, how come we might feel bad when being naked and what to do to get back to just being
1: able to be, while naked, in our most natural form. 3. Learn, learn and learn. Read,
0: study, explore what ideals actually are. And I promise you, you will stop following them.
1: I am now going to tell you some facts to start this journey for you that might get you going. There is nothing, nothing, that is as attractive to others
0: statistically as having your natural body. Having your natural body, having your body hair left, having your saggy natural boobs or your saggy natural scrotum will set off your sexual partner's sex hormones And a reason for people having less and less sex in recent times is plastic surgery, makeup, fillers and Botox Our bodies can detect what is natural and what is not And the more unnatural we look, the more our brains get turned on, conditioned by social media But our bodies get turned off Creating a massive glitch that makes
1: people have way less sex So big thumbs up for your natural body People prefer people with higher percentage of body
0: fat This is purely biological and has to do with the survival of the species, no matter what social norms or media is trying to tell us. Young people prefer leaner bodies, because as teens we are often leaner. This is to prevent from dating people in other age categories than us, as that is better for the survival of the species. And grown people prefer people that could survive a winter of starvation, as they have enough fat reserves to do so. As that is what is better in this age category for the survival of the species That we are taught to think that people only want slim and muscular people is a complete scam What we want biologically is to date people that will survive harsh conditions No matter what that looks like in your country that are kind, and that will care for you as you care for them. And that is literally
1: everything you biologically want your partner to be. So scratch the body ideals. Being confident in who you are as a person
0: is way more likely to make you look attractive to others than building muscle, dieting, putting on makeup or extensions ever can.
1: And knowing that living up to ideals is the quickest way to
0: derail you from your sense of self-love As changing yourself to fit a norm is directly communicating to yourself that you are not good enough as you are We often think that we will feel the most self-love for ourselves When we have our party outfit on, are smoothly shaved and styled and all fixed up But that is often when we love ourselves the least. That is, however, when we get the most compliments. And not because people actually think that we look our best when we are fixed to the teeth. But because society tells us that that is when we are supposed to give other people compliments and find them the most attractive. And we all want to fit in, so that is what we do. If we then happen to see through this and feel that their compliments are ingenuine, we will feel even worse. And this might be hard to hear as we are so firmly taught that these are the moments in which we shine. But frankly, you are way more likely to meet someone at the grocery store when you have your sweats on and your hair is unstyled or in a bun than you are when you are all fixed up. Because being you, authentically, makes you more attractive to a potential partner and more approachable. The people that genuinely see you will find you the most attractive when you are just being you, doing what you love and are not putting up an act. Actually, being your most
1: quirky self is likely to attract the right partner and love. And here I want to add that this is the reason you might
0: feel detached from yourself and from your body. Changing our body to fit ideals using filters or always being styled will make us forget what we really look like and how it really feels to be us. Because when we look into the mirror that person that is naturally and authentically us is not what we see. The more we see other versions of ourselves looking back at us in the mirror, the more we detach from our bodies. And it can get so far as creating big mental issues. For example, getting us into a state of body dysmorphia, eating disorders due to lack of control, body dissociation, where you lose your sense of even having a body or connecting to it and its feelings. For example, not feeling like you are you, or not being able to feel pain when your body experiences pain, and so on. In our society, we rarely speak about this, and never in history have we been using as many artificial ways to alter our appearance as we do today. And it is not just about artificial alterations either. Working out to build muscle, or to lose fat, can have the exact same effect on us because the body was meant to be as it is When you alter your appearance away from how you naturally look you will
1: recognize yourself less and less As a teen I was
0: deep in eating disorders and when I finally reached my goal weights and looked as close to the ideals as I possibly could, I felt nothing. I was at a lower point than I had been in my entire life, and looking at myself, I couldn't even see myself anymore. I saw an actor. A shell of a once happy person. And this is the testament of people who have become the ideals. We lose ourselves buying an air castle that is nothing but air. The real happiness lies in being able to love yourself truly and fully as you are. In your most authentic and natural form. Because that is the essence of being human. And the more we realize this, the more we take back our own power and claim our birthright of loving ourselves unconditionally. Again, thank you so much for your question. Rest assured that next week's episode will provide even more guidance in what we can do to love ourselves. And next week it is all about the easier self-love stuff. Tune in next week for self-love part two. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Self-Healing Podcast. And while waiting for the next one, go shop our earth-friendly, size-inclusive and gender-inclusive brand, Lala Mind, Body, Soul, at site. I wish you all a wonderful day. Bye!